0: 4 o'clock on a Friday, my favorite time of the week because I get to talk sports at you and my week going into a long weekend this weekend, and I get to do so with Ryan Steag out of the Mining Journal. I'm Tanner Hoops, by the way. What's up, Ryan?
1: Good. It was a fun night of high school football last night, and, you know, when you have... You lead in with high school football on a Thursday. It helps push through the weekend, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a good start going into Labor Day.
0: How late were you up last night because that Bark river harris Gwynn game was going well into the night?
1: I didn't get back into town until after 11, <laughs> and I probably got my recap typed out about 12.30, so...
0: I remember last night I was on Twitter. I was back home already from Ishpeming. I was in my easy chair. I had Texas A&M and Texas State on. Later, I flipped it to the Gophers. We'll get <laughs> into that later. That debacle, later. <laughs> that debacle uh, which we'll break down a little bit later. And I see your tweet saying, we're going to overtime. I'm yeah. like
1: poor ryan
0: poor staying <laughs> out there it's a long night it was a good game though
1: it was a great game i you know thankfully i wasn't on deadline because we're not on deadline thursday night so uh it was it was a little easier to manage mm-hmm. i think if uh we were on friday my editor would have been panicking at that <laughs> point <laughs> but uh it was crazy uh and you didn't think at halftime it would end up going that way i mean it was first half was kind of what he expected of, of a high school football game in the first week it's like both teams are kind of making mistakes that they probably shouldn't be making, and you know the offenses are moving; they're plotting a little bit, and then in the second half things just exploded. Like it's, <laughs> I, 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 did you get a chance to read my recap? I haven't yet. Oh man, it's it was insane. I Bark River was up by two touchdowns. Gwen answers back. Barker ever scores again. They're back up by two touchdowns. Gwen answers back. Gwen scores to put out, go up by two. Then Barker River scores with 49 seconds left, and then Gwen scores with 12 seconds left to go into overtime. It was, I, you know, looking back, I thought this was the second one. This is actually the first overtime. It was the first overtime game I've covered in up here, and it was hmm. a pretty epic game. It You've wasn't been up like, here six years now. Yeah, it was not a... How it? it wasn't like a typical like, 14-14 kind of game. Let's mm-hmm. it say it's 50-50, and it's going to over. This is like a Pac-12 after dark <laughs> kind of game. Because, <laughs> I mean, there, there were so many plays where you just like, how did this happen? I mean, David Duvall made a leaping catch on the way to a touchdown. Um, James Hardwick got the tying touchdown to send it in overtime you know by basically catching a ball in double coverage and taking it to the house it was uh it was a wild game if uh I think I was the uh, other than the radio crew I was the only I, I think the TV guys were there for a little bit but mm-hmm. I was the only media guy who escaped for the entire game and uh <laughs> it, it, by staying to the entire game, I got to see a pretty crazy ending.
0: Well, I tell you what, we're going to break down this game and more tomorrow morning with Ryan on our Saturday Morning Coaches Show. Plus, you'll hear from Model Downer head coach Dion Brown, plus the four others in Marquette County, that tomorrow at 9 a.m. here on ESPN-UP. A lot to get into today, Ryan. We've got college football back for almost everybody this weekend. How about Central Michigan started their year with a win last night? 38-21.
1: After, after a lightning delay. <laughs> that happened a lot yeah, last night. A lot of did. game delays. Uh, but uh, nice to see them beat an FCS team after, Albany. The, after going 1-11 and last year. Fire up chips. Yeah, got to take some jabs at Central last year. That was an absolute mess of a year. And uh, But they beat an FCS team. Got off one They're 1-0. Yeah, we'll see what happens after that. You know, uh, it could be all downhill from that point <laughs> on. Um, but yeah,
0: that Clemson game was insane in the sense that they won by more than 36 points, which was the line, and they didn't play all that well. It was 28 nothing before halftime, and Trevor Lawrence was like 2 of 7.
1: I thought this was going to be a change for Georgia Tech. The, the, the new change in offense, they got rid of the option, this mm-hmm. is going to be, you know, the year for Tech, and they, no, <laughs> they barely showed up in the game. Was it 14 points that they managed or something like that? I think that? so.
0: I think it was 52 to 14, maybe 16, something like yeah. that. It wasn't pretty, and Clemson showed that they might have a little bit of rust, but they are still the best team in college football as of right now.
1: Yeah, they, uh, Clemson's the front runner. I mean, Alabama's obviously up there, but uh, I'm hoping there can be some competition for mm-hmm. them this year because it's getting repetitive with Clemson, Alabama, that you got to get a little more teams in there that can put up a good fight and uh but yeah Clemson's team to beat after what they did last night
0: a lot of people are saying Georgia occupies that three spot I'm not convinced because I thought talent wise they were the third best team in college football last year and they didn't make the playoff they couldn't with two losses they didn't deserve to get in even though they may have been the third most talented team Georgia's not on that same tier. Not in my book. You have to win the national championship <laughs> after 1980 to be on that tier.
1: Exactly. And uh, you have to win a national championship and actually be a legit contender. Georgia has been very hit or miss. There was that one year with Mark Richt mm. where, like, you know, I think they made it to, like, the Sugar Bowl and got a gift in playing Hawaii in that game. And then they really didn't achieve a whole lot i mean they played in some new year's day games but weren't close to the playoff didn't get into the bcs championship it was just really underachieved and now people are like oh kirby smart's done something different i'm like well they're better (laughs) but they're not (laughs) i don't think georgia national championship contenders every year their
0: best team was a couple of years ago when they went to overtime with bam in the championship and probably should have won that game they just forced a second down and long
1: and then they gave up a hail mary like they blew it. I don't. That was such poor coverage. It's mm-hmm. like it's rare that you see a college team where a receiver gets like twenty yards behind a cornerback. But yeah, he was wide open in the end zone, and uh, Alabama found a way to win as they typically do, unless you're playing Clemson.
0: <laughs> Wasn't that the game where Tua came in in favor of Hertz, where Hertz got benched, and it was officially Tua's job? I think so. I think it was.
1: And then it became Tua's job, and uh, <laughs> then Tua played Clemson, and it was a different story.
0: Then it was a different story, and then Hertz came back in, still couldn't lead him to the promised <laughs> land. Yeah. Clemson is just that good. Right now, Clemson is looking at the rest of the college football world and saying, Call me daddy. We're better than you. We're better than everybody, and we know it.
1: Yeah, and uh, Clemson, their championship was in 1981, was their last championship, and now they've won, what, two in the last three? Two of the years? last three. Yeah, so... That's an amazing turnaround for a team that was always—you thought Georgia was underachieving, Clemson was perpetually <laughs> underachieving. Like they're like, oh, this is the year Clemson's going to fight Florida State. They're going to, you know, they're going to take that next step, and they never have. And now, after Dabo took over, they've taken to another taking it to another level.
0: This was a great segment on the Will Cain Show earlier this week. I want to get your thoughts on. Which college football program withstands the test of time best? Who can survive coaching change after coaching change and still perform at a powerhouse level? Because Alabama hasn't always done that. They've had Nick Saban and they've had Bear Bryant, two of the greatest ever coach, but they've had some down years in between them. You've had schools like Notre Dame, who was just named the second best college football program ever. They went through plenty of down years when you don't come across a guy like Frank Leahy or Lou Holtz, what have you, uh, schools like Michigan the same way up there in the top 10. Who are some schools that come to mind when you think they can withstand a major coaching change? Doesn't matter who's a the coach there. It's a culture thing, and they're still going to contend for the title every year.
1: Probably Ohio State. Ohio
0: State and Oklahoma were the top yeah, two.
1: I would say probably those two, because whoever takes over can... I mean, even though they didn't achieve the levels that Buckeyes fans wanted under mm-hmm. you know under under John Cooper, he they did a good job, mm-hmm. I and mean, they had... Then they have like a one loss year and a two loss year. Something he consistently like that. had them in the talk of potentially winning a national championship. And they were a good program. And then Urban took them over. Jim Trestle took over. And it's like they've played at a consistent level. And Oklahoma the exact same way. Uh, Alabama, when Gene Stalling. <laughs> <laughs> retired. That's a name. Yeah, because Gene Stallings took over Bear Bryant and Alabama was good and then they won that national championship by upsetting Miami. I think it was in 91 mm-hmm. or 92. Yeah, it was in 92 where they upset Miami and uh, that was it for him and then Alabama was like an afterthought mm-hmm. in the SEC until Saban took over again. And even in Saban's like, first two years, they weren't that great. They, I think in Saban's well, first or second year, they lost to Louisiana Monroe yep. or something like that. So it took a while for Alabama to actually become what they used to be. So Alabama, I could say Notre Dame was in that equation where after Lou Holtz left, Alabama, Notre Dame was just... Oh, yeah,
0: they're <laughs> still looking for the next Lou Holtz. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's Brian Kelly. No, uh, He's the best they've had since Lou yeah, Holtz, but he's not on
1: that par. No, no, he's not. And, uh, I mean, there's a lot of teams that have fallen off. I mean, you can point at Michigan. Bo left. <laughs> Lloyd Carr left. Yeah. I mean, Lloyd Carr, some people would say, you know, underachieved compared to Bo, but he got them a national championship. He did. So it's like you, you got to say he was pretty close.
0: And, and then the after that, rod. they got
1: the Rich Rod years, oh, which were a disaster. Brady Hoke was mediocre. At he best. Set the bar even lower. Yeah, and then uh, it's like I don't know how they took such a colossal dive—just terrible coaching hires or mm-hmm. what. But uh, and then now Harbaugh's getting them closer to where they want to be, but still, if they make the college football playoff this year, like I think they're going to. Then they'll get back to where they want to be and where they should be. But uh, until they get to that point, I don't think they're they're not Lloyd Carr, and they're definitely not bowl levels.
0: So your college football playoff field is Bama, Clemson, Michigan, and who?
1: I think my other one was, uh, hmm, who was I think I had. uh, Not Georgia? No. I Oklahoma? George, I, I think I had Oklahoma as the other one. Kay. And then George, George is always going to be on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> Back they'll, to the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll play Alabama in the SEC Championship and they'll lose, and that's just how it goes. But uh, I, I can see those four will be the ones. I think Michigan will take the Ohio State-Notre Dame kind of spot. It, mm-hmm. Just because I think they're loaded this year, I mean, Ohio State's going to be down. Michigan State's down a lot of – teams, I mean, I don't know the hype about Nebraska. I, mean, I know, I don't get it. I mean, how can you go 4-8 and eight and everybody thinks you're going to win the they lost They lost to Troy! Exactly. That just, you know, they play South Alabama mm-hmm. the first week, and I could actually see them losing that <laughs> How sad is that? <laughs> That's how far down Nebraska's falling. I just, I think this is going to be Michigan's year. I don't know if this is a national championship year, but if they don't do it this year, you wonder if they're ever going to do it.
0: I tell you what, the other team that I don't understand the hype around is Utah. Some people think that could be a college football playoff team. In the second half, first half was ugly, and you could say the same thing about Clemson. BYU is a significantly better opponent than Georgia Tech is, but still, Utah in the college football playoff? Lee
1: Corso? (laughs) It's it's not going to happen. No, no, they're not. Uh, I could see them make. I could see them making a New Year's Day game, and uh, but that's it. I. They're they're just not the type of team that's going to be in the college football playoff. They're not that recruiting of a team. I mean, Harbaugh's doing great recruiting every year, but mm-hmm. they've underachieved. It's like, now it's like he's got the recruiting class he has. He's got Patterson. This is his chance. No, Utah's not going to be in the playoff. Sober up Lee. course. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How do you think Ohio State's going to do tomorrow against Lane Kiffin and Florida Atlantic? What's your pick for that?
1: Uh... I think Ohio State's down this year, but I I think they're going to pummel the poor Owls pretty badly.
0: Ryan Day is no Urban Meyer, but he's also no Lane
1: Kiffin. No. Although Lane Kiffin is making a case for himself to get a better job, you know. And get fired from that better job. well, I can see him, like, having a decent year this year at, like, Florida Atlantic and then quitting and Mm. then becoming, like, the OC at some SEC school or Mm -hmm. something like that. I, uh... Or being the head coach at LSU and Ed Orgeron eventually I fired. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I think I'd rather have Ed Orgeron. <laughs> well, I think I would too, but I'm just saying, it's like, he, I don't think he's going to last at LSU. I've right. seen it before. Uh, but yeah, Ohio State's going to win pretty easily. Um, that Oregon that Auburn game, that'll sounds be fun. A lot of fun. If Week one matchups are usually duds, mm-hmm. but. You know that's actually a decent way to start the big Saturday night game that Herb Street's always broadcasting. Um, Yeah, I think that's a good one.
0: Herb Street and Fowler, when they're together, you know it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, it is. You love that one. Notre Dame is playing Monday though, so that's one I'm going to be. Yeah, against Scott Satterfield making his Louisville debut
1: at Papa John Stadium.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They play basketball in the Yum Center. Yum Center and Papa (laughs) John Stadium. Yep. So I'm gonna be doing nothing but watching football for this long weekend and then Notre Dame on Monday night.
1: I'll be I'll be doing pretty much the same thing. I think Sunday because I think Sunday I might watch the game, but Sunday's kind of like a there's only one game, you know, Sunday night. I think so, that's Oklahoma and Houston. Yeah, and even that's not terribly. Oklahoma appealing. will blow yeah, them out. Yeah, so I might peek in for a little bit, but Monday on Labor Day, yeah, I'll, I'll be watching the Notre Dame game.
0: I love how it's Labor Day and we get the day off. Like how great is irony?
1: Yeah. It's a perfect holiday, though. I mean, I've worked hard (laughs) putting out all these high school football previews. You know, I'm working the desk tonight. I deserve a day off. There you go. Exactly. We all do.
0: For all your labor, you get rewarded with a day off. That's the way to think of it. Exactly. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you in the sports pen. Let's take our first time out. When we come back, ESPN released our latest NFL MVP odds. Who's at the top? I guarantee a few names are going to surprise you, and that's next on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports
1: talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app.
0: Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you Friday afternoon. Delighted to have you along as always. Labor Day weekend, about to kick it off and head into our long weekend. Good way to celebrate. You said you're just going to be watching football, sticking around this weekend?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sticking around, just uh, just enjoying my three-day weekend. Yep, I, have same. To, I have tomorrow off and uh, I have... Sunday and Monday off, so just watching football, maybe go to the movies, stuff like that, just kind of kicking back.
0: All right. That's what I like. That's what I'm going to be doing this weekend, too. Although, I hear a lot of people spending their weekends at cabins. Kind of sounds fun.
1: Yeah. Um, if I had a cabin, I would go. I need I to invest not. in a cabin. <laughs> if, I, uh, if I had the money, I would invest in a cabin, but I do not, so...
0: And I tell you what, ESPN released our latest NFL MVP odds. Some of them are pretty different than what we've been seeing from other media outlets. But as we know, we're the A-team, so ours matter more.
1: Okay. Right, Ryan? Sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) ESPNs matters the most, but I tell you what, there are a few here that even I disagree with. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what. Okay. The number one pick that our consensus ESPN writers have decided on should be no surprise. Pat Mahomes expected to repeat. But with Andrew Luck's surprise retirement last weekend, it's shaken the list up quite a bit. Number two on the list, Carson Wentz.
1: Uh, I don't know about that one. No, I don't know about
0: that no. one. Number three, four, and five, not a lot of surprises. In this order, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Philip Rivers, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, six, seven, and eight. Number nine, Mitchell Trubisky. No. No. Why is he up there ahead of Ben Roethlisberger, who's 10th?
1: based on the fact the Bears are going to have a good year (laughs) like on their defense, that he's going to win it by default? Is that what they're going to go with? Also,
0: the entire top ten, all quarterbacks.
1: I never want... No, I I never put all top ten in in quarterbacks, because there's always going to be a running back that has a great year. Mm -hmm. Um, Remember Adrian Peterson? has His huge year at the Vikings took away Peyton Manning's spotlight (laughs) and uh, got the MVP instead of him that one year. I... I, I agree with Mahomes, Brady, Breeze. I don't agree with Rodgers because the Packers aren't going to be any good this year. No. And I don't think it's going to be a – I mean, what are they going to base that off of? Right. <laughs> I mean, going can understand if the Packers are going to win the North, but they're not. So mm. uh, Roethlisberger should be ahead <laughs> of Mitchell Trubisky, but the Pitt Steelers aren't going to be that great. Or um, are the other ones you said?
0: Dejaan Watson's this, on here. Russell Wilson, Phillip Rivers.
1: Phillip Rivers is arguably the most hot cold quarterback <laughs> in the league. He'll either throw like four hundred yards. Like there was this one year where I had him on my fantasy team mm-hmm. and he was just chucking it. Like he f- hit three fifty, hit four hundred, like four weeks in a row. And I, I was started the year four and oh, in my fantasy league because of him and then had a complete drop off the rest of the way. So he's either gonna throw for four hundred yards or he's gonna struggle to hit two hundred and uh yeah, so no. No on unf- no on Philip Rivers,
0: Carson Wentz at number two. No, I just don't see the reasoning behind I'd, that. I
1: I I mean the Eagles are gonna be good. I think they're gonna win the East. Me too. But I mean they're not earth shatteringly good. No. I think I think if they might make the second round i think they could make the divisional round but mm-hmm. it's not i mean it's not the type of team where you think Carson Wentz is going to put up the numbers that puts no. him
0: that way like what has he done he hasn't played a full NFL season his backup took him to the super bowl and won it i just don't see what the hype is around him right now he's one of those guys that has benefited from us having an extremely small sample size of him Jimmy Garoppolo is one of those quarterbacks, to an extent maybe Andrew Luck, to a lesser extent certainly. Mm -hmm. He's one of those guys that we haven't seen a lot, but we believe in for whatever reason. The hype around him is so real that we want to give him money, we want to give him accolades.
1: Yeah, because he's on a good team, which Mm -hmm. isn't entirely on him, and the With Luck, it's like he had a ton of potential and showed a lot of brilliance, but he kept getting injured. Mm -hmm. And I blame Ryan Grigson to the end of time because he (laughs) put up this horrible offensive line in front of him year after year, and he got pummeled and got injured. And it was just like the Colts management wasted arguably one of the most promising talents Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the NFL in a long time because of you know, terrible offensive line. They didn't give him the weapons he needed until, like, last year, you know. And now, going into this year, the Colts were considered a potential Super Bowl contender. Maybe not winning it, but getting there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they wasted it. So, uh, luck not getting injured is going to be that uh, one of those big what-might-have-been what mm-hmm. kind of questions that will linger in the league. And... uh if Philip Rivers didn't pay for the Chargers, he probably could have won a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably right. Because what I find funny is that Philip Rivers' numbers and Dan Fouts' numbers, mm-hmm. Stan Humphreys was the quarterback that got the Chargers to a Super Bowl. That, that's the stat that will always stand out to me with the Chargers, is that. Is that Stan Humphreys is the quarterback. Not... Not... not Fouts is isn't the Hall of Fame, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so think he Not is. Hall of Famer Dan, Dan Fouts. Nope. Not potential MVP candidate, <laughs> pro bowler Philip Rivers. Stan Humphreys.
0: Can you be a good team with a quarterback named Stan Humphreys?
1: If you rely entirely on your defense and junior sayo, maybe. But, uh, you know, the only reason the Chargers got into the Super Bowl is because Pittsburgh choked in the <laughs> AFC Championship game. And then, you know, completely showed their true colors against Dallas, the following Super Bowl. Neil O'Donnell is a terrible quarterback. Mm -hmm. On a side note, there you go. Neil O'Donnell, terrible quarterback. There's my take.
0: One other point going back to Ryan Grigson, former general manager of the Indianapolis Colts. He was the one that drafted Andrew Luck. Unfortunately, he did not draft any offensive linemen for Luck. (laughs) During Luck's six years with Indianapolis, not all of those, understand, were with Ryan Grigson as general manager, just most of them, there were only three offensive linemen, drafted prior to the seventh round that's terrible
1: if you have the most promising prospect quarterback drafted where people looked at them him and said this is the next peyton manning this Mm -hmm. could be the next tom brady and not give him any protection whatsoever i'm surprised that does gregson have a job somewhere i don't know i'm hoping he doesn't because he doesn't (laughs) deserve it after what he did to Andrew Luck
0: i'm always gonna love andrew like i don't know what's in his future but i'm hoping that i kind of hope he goes into media does some broadcast
1: i think he could do that i i could also see him writing a bunch of historical books That too because he didn't he major in architectural history in stanford Mm -hmm. he could write some good stuff there
0: he's got a stanford degree he's super smart i mean he's got a really bright future in whatever he chooses to do but i hope it's broadcast isn't
1: he like doesn't he have a huge book club? He, re- he he does. Yeah, he reads like a million books a year, and it's like, which I think translates over to him being a successful quarterback because he's an intelligent guy and he can think on his feet really well. Super but, nice but, guy too. Yeah, and <laughs> have you seen that Parks and Rec, Rex clip? Isn't no. that great? Oh, um, where the crew is. Uh, Staff is meeting all the Colts, and uh, Jerry goes up to him and he goes, I'm a big fan, Mr. Luck. And he goes, Hey, settle down, fella. And he goes, Okay. <laughs> 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 I mean, he's just, uh, he's just a goofy guy. And there, of course, was the Twitter page with mm-hmm. Dr. Andrew Luck, which has come to an end, I sadly. Know was my favorite thing after ever i looked forward to his preview letter and then his game (laughs) recap letter that was like one of the highlights of my week and now it's gone um unfortunately but uh and then people are trying to have some fun with it like they got like somebody's trying to do an aaron Rodgers one Mm. and uh, i know
0: there's a baker mayfield one out there but they're just not the same yeah
1: it's like Andrew Lux, General Andrew Lux, has mm-hmm. been around for a while, and it's based on a meme that they, that someone came up with. Uh, was it on The Ringer or something mm-hmm. like that? So it, it launched itself. You can't copy something that was great and hope it's going to take off.
0: I read all those tweets in Andrew Luck's voice, too. That yeah. just adds to it. Like, mm-hmm. Mother, please send more squirrel oil for our battle against the bison men. Like, yeah, I need some great. more
1: raccoon knuckles and stuff <laughs> like that. I mean, if you look at... It, I feel like... When you read his tweets, you need to take Ken Burns' soundtrack from the Mm. Civil War and just crank it behind each tweet. (laughs) Like, have some violin and small banjo playing in the background. It's just perfect.
0: I'm going to miss Captain Andrew Luck. Please rest in peace, Captain Luck. uh, But I would love to see him in the booth. Real-life Andrew Luck in the booth.
1: What would be interesting to see, because Tony Romo really turned him like kind of... You know, people are going to remember as a quarterback, mm-hmm. but he's now made a name for himself as a quality broadcaster. He's had a
0: better broadcast career than he ever did <laughs> yeah. as a quarterback. Yeah,
1: so maybe that's what people are going to remember him for. I I think luck could translate over into the booth. I think he just, right now, this year, he just wants to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. You know, he's made peace with retirement and travel the world kind of a thing, and then maybe next year he's going to look into what he wants to do. Put
0: him in the Monday Night Football booth.
1: Exactly. M.
0: Tess, Booger. Booger. Oh, Booger. They're moving him up to the booth this year. He's not going to have that perch in the front row, which I would always hate if I were a fan and I got a front row ticket only to sit behind Booger's perch. I would be beyond furious.
1: I mean, I I can't believe they thought that that would be an effective thing. Mm -hmm. You know, all it does is make fans upset who came and bought a ticket to the game. And it it, it was just weird. It was like a cheap gimmick, and thankfully they're putting him in the booth. Um, NFL starts next week. Oh, we're less
0: than a week away. I can't wait. Yeah. Packers-Bears.
1: That'll be an interesting way to kick off the Yes, year. it will. Because, you know, it's usually the team that wins the Super Bowl, gets mm-hmm. the F- Thursday night game, and then they're like, well, it's the 100th season, so we'll throw the Packers and the Bears on Yeah, the on two there. oldest franchises. Yeah, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of understand why they did it. Um, Packers-Bears had an interesting game last year and yes, it was. And uh, I think it... It's going to be interesting. It's either going to be the Bears defense is going to pummel Rodgers or the Packers are going to show that maybe they're not as bad as people might think they're going to be.
0: I don't know. I don't know about that. If uh, That second option, I can totally see Rodgers getting pummeled by the Bears yeah. defense, even hurt possibly. Mm. But the second option, I don't know, because that first game last year left the Packers maybe a little deceived. I don't know if that's going to be the same way this year because the Bears are going to have yeah. a significantly better year than Green Bay. But I tell you what I I I don't know if it's going to be fools gold again this this coming Thursday.
1: Yeah, I think uh I think the Bears are going to take it and uh but I I think in the first couple of weeks you'll find out who the Packers are really going to be. If uh they struggle out of the gate I think it's they're going to struggle the rest of the way. They're not a playoff caliber team. I know people are going to think that I'm just a Packer hater, but they're just not. They got two better teams ahead of them in Green in Chicago and Minnesota, and even the Lions I think are more capable right now at all the positions. You know, it, I know it sounds weird that I'm thinking the Lions are actually better than the Packers considering the Lions' history, but this year I think. What what they got, I think the Lions are going to finish third.
0: If you missed yesterday's show, I had just a terrible stat, just totally irrelevant, probably useless, but it does give hope and optimism to the Packer fans because last night with their win over Kansas City to end the preseason, they finished 2-2 two and two as they get set for the regular season, which means that they still have a chance at winning the Super Bowl this year according to a recent trend. The last 11 Super Bowl champions all had a five hundred record or better. In the preseason. Okay. So,
1: hopes are still alive. There's your, there's your uh, stat. That you, didn't you come up with a the useful stat last week? So, there's your stat for the week. If it means
0: anything, they beat the Chiefs last night, so they're 1-3. So, don't bet on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl.
1: Even though they're a significantly better <laughs> <team>. <laughs> and,
0: Yeah, uh, You've got Tim Boyle battling... Who uh, whoever the, the Chiefs, Chiefs' backup yeah. quarterback, I don't know. You have those two battling
1: literally for a chance to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> well, yeah, a chance. Tim Boyle trying to get a spot on the roster basically is what he was trying to get. No, I think Tim get-
0: Boyle, Deshaun Kaiser—they're not battling for a roster spot. They are battling for a yeah. Super Bowl. That's what they were doing okay. last
1: night. Okay. Well, <laughs> thanks for clarifying that.
0: <laughs> there was a real Super Bowl battle going on. By the way, I know it was preseason, somewhat meaningless. Giants walked off the Patriots last night. They finished 4-0. How about that? The the Daniel Jones era? Mm, maybe. <laughs> By the way, the Chiefs' backup quarterback is Chad Henney.
1: Chad Henney is still in the league. <laughs>
0: uh, Former right Wolverine. Now, he's out with an ankle injury. Oh, okay. Otherwise, they've got Chase Litton. I don't know who that is. Matt Moore, and then Kyle Shermer, who's actually Pat Shermer's son.
1: Matt Moore? Wasn't he a... Uh... Wasn't he an Oregon State quarterback that has still lingered? Wasn't he, like, Carolina's guy for a brief period I think he played for time? the
0: Dolphins. Okay. I think I remember him with the Dolphins. Okay.
1: And then uh, Chad Henney, who has lingered in the league far longer than <laughs> I thought he would. <laughs> he's a Michigan guy who, you know, had a chance. Didn't he have, like, a couple of years as a starter where I thought maybe this is his chance to shine? He never did, and he fell into a backup role, and now he's become the serviceful backup that kind of bounces around the league.
0: I know he had the Mario Ryan, the, Manningham yeah, as I mean, an option one time. He, I think Hart wasn't there. Hart was a running back for them about Michigan, 13 years ago. Yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, now he's, uh, he's the Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> end of the league. He lands on a different team every couple of years. So. I,
0: I think back of the Michigan quarterbacks from when Notre Dame played them over the years, and they've had some pretty good ones at the college level. Then they go through a lull, and I'm not saying Notre Dame's been any better, but it's been it's been a blast from the past to go back and think about the Michigan quarterbacks. How they have like one pretty good one in college, then a lull for like five years, then a fairly decent one again. Like remember after Henny, you had Sheridan, whoever that was, and then Tate Forcier?
1: Remember yeah. him? Yeah, and then and there was Denard Robinson. Yeah, he
0: was the spike. Yeah, at least really
1: somewhat of a spike again. And then there was uh, John O'Korn. The John O'Korn. <laughs> Who I'll always have disdain for because Spate struggled, and I thought it was time to put in John O'Corn because Spate was just woefully inconsistent. And then John O'Corn did even worse. Mm-hmm. So it's like he made me look stupid when, by all logic, this was his time to shine, and he just completely fell flat. And uh, in that game against Ohio State, could have been a Michigan win, and John O'Corn showed up and did John O'Corn things.
0: Danner hoops ryan steeg with you let's take another time out what he looks like played next on espn up check out the up's live and local sports talk show the sports pen weekday afternoons
1: at four on espn up and on the espn up app
0: Danner hoops ryan steeg with you glad to have you along just across the bottom of the hour on this friday afternoon here's your sports center update Yesterday, the Minnesota Twins set a new single season record for home runs hit on the road. Jake Cave set the record with a solo shot off of Dylan Cease, breaking the previous mark of 138 set by the 2001 San Francisco Giants. The Twins currently sit at 140 long balls away from home, 261 overall. That is seven away from breaking the single season overall record set last year by the Yankees. And they played the Tigers this weekend, so they could do it this weekend.
1: Tiger season just needs to come to an end.
0: <laughs> I think Edwin Jackson is pitching for Detroit tonight, so maybe they do it tonight. Maybe they homer seven times off him <laughs> tonight. Ugh. Uh, the Toronto Raptors announced that they are bringing back the iconic white Dino jersey for the upcoming season. Yay! How about that? One of I my lo- favorite jerseys of all time.
1: I love the Dino jersey.
0: Oh, and the Raptors are bringing it back this year. The team is celebrating its 25th year of operations, and this season they're going to pay homage to the uniforms they wore from 1995 to 1999. One of my favorites all time. Now the Pistons need to bring back their 90s jerseys.
1: Pistons and Pacers. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, there was some clown on Twitter yesterday who was ranting about the the Pistons teal jerseys. The Pistons teal jerseys are their best jerseys. I had one when I was a kid. I had a reversible Grant Hill jersey. Same. I -hmm. don't know what happened to it, but it was like a prized possession to me. And it just... How how can some guys say, and this was their down years? They had Grant Hill. They were a playoff team, and they didn't <laughs> utilize him. It wasn't a down season. And I don't understand Detroit's obsession with boring uniforms. Tigers. And the Tigers have refused blah, to un- color <laughs> blah <laughs> uniforms. The Pistons are boring with red and blue. You have the Red Wings. Yeah, it's a classic logo, but it's red and white. It's just... Come on, <laughs> adapt, have some excitement. The Pistons tried to do that, and they get hated on for no reason.
0: I tell you what, and finally, the 2019 Fulmer Cup has been awarded to the Bryant University Bulldog, Bulldogs, Bulldogs. Have you ever heard of the Fulmer Cup, Ryan?
1: I have not, it is but I've of, heard of Bryant.
0: <laughs> Bryant University Bulldogs, they win the Fulmer Cup That's not a good thing, though. It is one of the more famous college football parody awards given to the program whose players were caught engaging in more off-season criminal activity than any other school. It's named after Phil Fulmer. Oh, of course. (laughs) Rounding out the top five in the list this year, Georgia Southern, Nebraska was third, New Hampshire, and then the University of Georgia.
1: Interesting with uh, Georgia Southern, of course, uh, former FCS powerhouse, Mm -hmm. now on the FBS, and FCS School, New Hampshire, known more so for (laughs) hockey than football, but uh, apparently they're quite an adventurous football program.
0: Nebraska, it's like the only top ten they're going to be in this year.
1: (laughs) What a fall off.
0: (laughs) And then Georgia up there as well. Tell you what, the Fulmer Award, I've been tracking some of this, this is the 14th year they've done it. They also couple that with the Switzer Slam. Love mm-hmm. that name. And that's where the team who wins the Fulmer Cup also produces the Heisman Trophy winner that year. There's only been one, and that was Auburn in 2011. Huh. They were the Fulmer Cup champs, and Cam Newton won the Heisman.
1: And you can make a case that Cam Newton probably <laughs> was a part of the Fulmer Award. Yes. I don't know that to be a fact. Yeah. I don't know. Guilty and, you know,
0: not guilty until proven innocent, something yeah, like that.
1: Yeah. Something like that, Some, yeah. I don't
0: know. I tell you what, what he looks like is played every Friday on the Levitard Show with Stu Gotts and Tim Kirchgen. We play it Friday afternoons just across the bottom of the hour with Ryan Stieg. I got eight photos up here, Ryan. Let's get to it. Does Jeff Passant look like the medical doctor who none of his patients take seriously or listen to because they're all convinced he's still in high school?
1: Very much so. He also looks like, you <laughs> know those commercials where a guy, where like the high school guy is showing up on prom or homecoming to take the daughter out to mm-hmm. the dance and just it's like the stereotypical teenage guy in those commercials that's him right he looks now. 16 yeah he's, he's a does. great
0: analyst great reporter yeah
1: but it just he looks like <laughs> he looks like he's going to take your daughter out for a date and it will just get grilled by some angry bitter old man (laughs) who is extremely protective of his daughter.
0: I often wonder what his relationship is like with Tim Kirchin because I feel like he is totally after Tim Kirchin's job and he's not making any effort to hide it because he kind of is.
1: is. I mean, there's always that younger guy who's in the wings who's probably really a go-getter and putting like 10 times the effort (laughs) as the veteran is but can't quite jump out in front of him. Uh, Pork Jeff.
0: I tell you what... Does Ken Hitchcock
1: look like the Canadian Wade Phillips? Yes. Ne- <laughs> if you want to find a clone for Wade Phillips, Ken Hitchcock is definitely a- Like, you can't see the photo, but just Google Ken Hitchcock and Wade Phillips, and they basically look exactly alike.
0: <laughs> we got them side by side here in the monitor in the studio. Same facial expression, same everything. He's just basically a Canadian version of Wade Phillips. Yeah,
1: just a dazed look on their face. Guys that probably should have succeeded a lot more than they did in their coaching careers. (laughs) Wade Phillips took forever to get a Super Bowl championship. Ken Hatchcock didn't win a championship, so there you go.
0: He's like third all-time in wins, though, but it's probably time to hang it up. Enough teams have passed on Exactly. Tell you what, does Joe Girardi look like he's back in town to kill a guy?
1: Oh, very much so. I always thought he kind of looked like a hitman. Yeah, like a mob guy, <laughs> like one of the lower-level mob guys, like the Joe Pesci character would like, or the De Niro <laughs> guy would be like, hey, Joe, take care of this guy in Yonkers. He's giving us trouble. <laughs> and Joe, would got to like, call
0: our friend the man in the
1: hat. Exactly. And uh, Joe, what would his name be? Would he be like Joey Two Times or something like that? Or...
0: Hmm, if he would have won a second World Series, maybe. Or a
1: Skinny Joe or something skinny like that, Joe. you know? And then, like, he packs his ice pick with him or whatever on a road trip. That, that's Joe Girardi.
0: Like, I rarely see him smile, and when he does... It's a very uncomfortable smile. Yeah. Like, I would not feel warmth in his presence no. whatsoever. Yeah. He just looks like a New York guy. Like, he just looks like he's very made much for a New York, York. guy. And that's why it was sad when the Yankees fired him. Like, him and Brett Gardner, to me, I just can't picture anywhere other than New York. No, no. Those two just look like New York guys. Exactly. Although the rumor is if the Cubs move on from Joe Madden, they're moving on to Girardi.
1: Interesting. How about that? I tell
0: you what, does Phil, Phil Kessel, Kessel. <laughs> Does Phil Kessel look like he spends
1: most of his week at the bowling alley but never actually bowls? Just hangs out in the bar and eating pizza? Yeah, I can with <laughs> Phil. If, Phil Kessel is like haven't we talked about this before? he's like he looks like a non athlete, mm-hmm. but he is actually incredibly good at what yep. he does.
0: Just like Christian Yelich. Yeah. Although they're in the different spectrums of yeah, looking yeah. non athletic.
1: Yeah. You look at Phil Kessel and you're like this looks like a guy who maybe played, I don't know, was a, like a fourth liner at D1 hockey or something, and, he, and he's one of the best players in the NHL. It's just it's entertaining.
0: Phil Kessel is the guy you see at the YMCA, and you bet him a game of basketball, one-on-one, game of pig for five bucks, and then when you actually play, you find out it was a really bad idea because he's a heck of an athlete. Yeah,
1: you, play, you, you challenge him to a game of horse, and uh, you end up, losing in like five minutes
0: (laughs) son of a former northern michigan quarterback huh yeah how about that phil kessel phil kessel what do you know still like phil kessel even though he's with arizona no longer with the penguins does nick Foles look like he goes to the dmv just to chill
1: (laughs) (laughs) based on nick's personality i think nick maybe not the dmv but like we'll just go to target and just hang out (laughs) Not necessarily buy anything, but just to be like, hey, here's some good deals here. Spend a listen.
0: Saturday at Ikea. Yeah,
1: yeah. Let's, I mean, get some cheap furniture, grab some meatballs kind of a thing. Yeah. William Sonoma. Make a day out of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, who else do we have here? Oh, you like this. Does PJ Fleck look like the manager of a hotel whose service is terrible, but he maintains a three-star rating by posting fake positive reviews on Yelp from multiple burner emails?
1: Yes, because PJ Fleck in that suit he's wearing looks like he's a concierge. It's like a valet. Like, yeah, at the Marriott. It's got too, like a burgundy suit on. Who will like, uh, yes, sir. We will get your room service here on time, <laughs> and we'll snap his fingers for the bu- for the busboy to come or your what's the bellhop. There he goes. He'll mm-hmm. take your bags up to your room. And uh, as we pointed out, Mike Edelbees and I talked about it on uh, Twitter last night. PJ Fleck is like the captain Arbuckle. <laughs> Of uh, of the Simpsons, <laughs> rowing the boat and the boat is perpetually sinking.
0: I was watching a little bit of that game last night. They were up twenty to seven. I'm like, okay, I'm going to see what else is on. And then they about blow that thing. They go down by one, and somehow they hang on to beat FCS number four ranked South Dakota State,
1: the Jackrabbits, the
0: Jackrabbits. Yes. And what were the Gophers wearing last night? Those gold uniforms are not the move.
1: The mustard. Yeah, mustard's probably a better better term. Yeah, mustard mustard jerseys acting like Captain still from the <laughs> Simpsons. <sighs> PJ,
0: is it frustrating being a Minnesotan with guys I, I like him representing w- you?
1: Watching him being getting an extension after a subpar first season. After 5 and 7. seven after a 5 and 7 season landing a long extension and Considering last year's success, just because they finally beat Wisconsin. Oh,
0: they went six and six. Oh, hey, hey. yeah. Did, uh, who did they play in the bowl game? Did they have a winning record last year? I don't remember. They
1: might have. I think they won their bowl game, but I don't. It was so forgettable. Didn't then, then they go to like the one of those like tight like the New Mexico Bowl or something like that? The ones that nobody something like that. Like the Foster Farms Bowl in like mid
0: early December or something like yeah. that.
1: He's got like a
0: career record of 12 and 13 at Minnesota in two years and two extensions. Better lock down the guy who goes five and seven.
1: They are probably, nobody mismanages an athletic department like the University of Minnesota. (laughs) Just immensely stupid.
0: To with his suit though, last thing on PJ Fleck. Are you with me on this? Because this has bothered me for a long time. Yeah. That suit. Would you say that's like burgundy or maroon yeah. or something, mm-hmm. something
1: like that? It's an attempt to be
0: maroon, yes. Is maroon to red as navy is to blue?
1: I don't see it that way. No, I, I don't. Th- when I think maroon, it's like when I think navy, it's navy is a dark blue. Maroon, mm. it's like it's like if red and purple at a baby, <laughs> and that's I think can- that makes blue. Yeah, it, you know, it just. It just it comes out a little weird and uh, PJ they got like an, like another five years of him <laughs> they're gonna finish like six and six this year go to the Texas Bowl and another be, extension yeah another five year deal
0: <laughs> got a couple more here does Boomer Esiason look like a Lego?
1: He looks like the dad from the Lego movies who gets upset because he had, an, he had a great Lego set and his kid messed with it. <laughs> and instead of like turning his like beliefs around like Will Ferrell did, Boomer will like scream at the kid and probably cut him out of his life. Because that's the kind of person the Esiason is.
0: Last one we got here. Does Joe Philbin look like a high school drama teacher who also runs the failing Community Theater?
1: Who's that guy, that weird guy, um, Jeffrey, what's his name, Uh, is on Seinfeld? Kind of like the bald, weird, I can't remember who his name is, but uh, yeah, kind of like a drama teacher, or maybe like a really energetic English teacher, Mm -hmm. who like, just gets obsessed with Shakespeare, and feels like, I gotta act out every verse that, you know, gets recited. Yeah. It, Joe Philbin's an interesting guy.
0: Kind of reminds me of a young Patrick Stewart. In a way, in yeah. a little bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, the Levitard Show plays what he looks like every Friday with Tim Kirkjian. We play it Friday afternoons with Ryan Stieg here in the Sports Pen. Stick our last time out. We'll finish off the week the way we always do with the Friday Funnies next on ESPN-UP. <sighs> Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The
1: Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at four on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app.
0: If you missed any of our show today, as always, you can check it out on demand and get caught up. Go to our website, ESPNUP.com, or get our free mobile app from the Apple Eye Store or Google Play. Just look up ESPN UP. We are set to head into the long weekend. A reminder: our office is closed Monday. No Sports Pen. We'll be back Tuesday. But with the holiday, it gives us a three-day weekend just to do nothing, watch football. I can't wait for it.
1: Everybody should get out and enjoy it, too. Like,
0: No, nah, I'm going to watch football. Well, watch That's how fo- I'm going to enjoy it. Watch
1: football, but eventually like, make your way outside and maybe like <laughs> wave at the sun for a bit. Nope, just football. Just football, okay. <laughs> Stay in the basement, okay. Um, start with the funnies. Uh, what do you think is the worst way to start your season?
0: The worst way you could start? Which sport are we talking about?
1: Well, UCLA's first drive of the year. What do you... Uh, what do you think is a sign of what's the what's to come later in the year? UCLA's first drive, the QB rolls out, and the ball falls completely out of his hand as he's attempting to make a throw. Not like he threw it, like he's winding up and it just dropped out of his hand, and Cincinnati recovered it, and Cincinnati won pretty handedly. So is that one of the worst ways to start the year?
0: That game was over when Chip Kelly took the sideline. Yeah. That's all that needed to happen.
1: I, I feel like... A pick six or a fumble on the first drive of the season is a sign that things aren't going to go well for him. Sam year.
0: Darnold, the way he started his career, Quandry Diggs picked him off for six.
1: And then the, and then the Lions defense showed up and mm-hmm. didn't do anything the rest of the day. <laughs> anyway, so there, the UCLA a season flop. starts on an awful way, and uh, Chip Kelly overrated Quarterback, um, of course, overrated head coach, you think, one of oh, yeah. the most of all time. Oh, yeah. Did a great job at Oregon, bottomed mm-hmm. out in the NFL, came back, has done nothing at UCLA. And uh, when you lose to an American athletic conference team mm. like Cincinnati, no. <laughs> this is going to be an awful year. Just
0: a flop for UCLA and another reason why the Pac-12 is going to be among the worst football conference. Even down there, well, I, it, give me some action over Pac-12 after dark. <sighs>
1: There's going to be a lot of crazy games, I think, in Pac-12 after dark, but, like, these are all Not good ones. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but, like, none of the teams will really amount to anything. I mean, nope. they'll get, like, a shootout with Washington, Washington State or something. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, like, 46-44, going into overtime kind of fun thing, like like the Gwynn game. Sure, like the Gwynn game. But, uh, yeah.
0: That uh, reminds me. I meant to say that earlier. I said Andrew Luck would be great to have as an analyst in the booth. How about Mike Leach someday?
1: Mike Leach would be phenomenal. How much fun kids. would that be
0: to call a game with Mike Leach?
1: Mike Leach should be like the Bill Walton of college football. Just the <laughs> crazy, the craziest sayings. Just like, you know, there was once this time where I got high <laughs> with Jimmy <laughs> Buffett or something, and just go. Out, Don't worry,
0: it was legal in that state it, of the go, time. Uh,
1: go on a complete tangent. Forget about what's going on on the field. Uh, that's what Bill Walton does, and I think Mike Leach should be great at that. How about the Bears kicking situation? Oh, yeah. I'm not sure if they still figured it out yet. I don't think so. I think Eddie Pinheiro is the top guy. Um, He is the 10th kicker that the Bears have gotten a chance to Mm -hmm. in the preseason. And I don't know if it's just Matt Nagy being extremely picky on who he wants just because he can't. You know, Doesn't want really to get heartbroken. he uh, lived down what happened last year. But uh, Eddie kicked a 58-yarder, nailed it last night, kicked three more field goals, did a great job, but an extra point in the first quarter was so bad, he kicked it so wide left it didn't even get to the netting. He pulled a Blair Walsh. It was that bad. It just... Beard right into the crowd, (laughs) not into the netting. When you kick it so wide, you can't protect the crowd from your kick.
0: Why is it that we have 32 teams playing the highest level of football in the world and there are not 32 quality
1: kickers? Kind of blows your mind.
0: Doesn't it? And it all makes that case stronger for Carly Lloyd being in the league, which I'm starting to wonder if there's some momentum to that.
1: I think... (laughs) I wonder if she's actually could get a shot at some point this season. Mm-hmm. If the Bears eventually call it, the, <laughs> they it go in be the team. towel and go after that. I could, I I could see Matt Nagy getting desperate at one point. I could do. Shot. I, I want to see it happen just because I think it'd be a monumental moment moment for women in sports, and just to see if she could do it. She can drill a fifty five yarder. would Be interesting to see if she could drill it in full pads and uh, you know with uh, ten times the pressure. You know, mm-hmm. it, uh, I think it'd be fun to see and i hope she succeeds if I, she gets a chance
0: i'm starting to wonder within real quick my thoughts on it i wouldn't mind it i wouldn't have a problem with it if a team said you know we understand the risk we understand you're probably not going to be able to make a play if the ball is sna- uh, snapped <laughs> wrong if it's fumbled you're probably not going to be able to to do anything other than kick the ball probably not going to be able to recover a fumble what have you how, how long ago was it like 30 years ago the chargers had a kicker Something was wrong with his lungs or something, like he had some kind of lung disorder, but he was such a good kicker that on kickoffs, he would boot it away, and then he'd run to the sidelines, and they'd finish the play with 10 guys. Huh. And I wonder if a team knew that with Carly Lloyd, and they said, all you need to do is kick. Don't go after the ball. Don't try to make a tackle. We understand the risks. We'll take full responsibility for it. We just need someone who can be a consistent kicker. I wouldn't be shocked to see a team do that. I think I would be more surprised if the NFL allowed it because you've got guys like and Sue out there who would be targeting a woman, and the NFL already has a problem as far as saving face with violence against women.
1: I just want to see if she could do it. I I think she could. I totally think she has a talent to do it. I think she could do it just to see. I think it would be a great moment for women in sports. And uh, just a coming... For teams to think outside the box a little bit, you know, to not do what it's always has been due, to, like, look elsewhere, you know. I mean, for crying out loud, as I wrote the other, we- the other week, they found that A's signed a pitcher who threw 96 miles an hour in a speed pitch thing at a baseball game. He was and playing so- with
0: a toy and got a yeah. pro career out <laughs> yeah, of it.
1: Yeah, and mi- he's in the minor leagues because of it. He so had like, a really
0: good first start, too, by yeah, the way, last week. stuck out the
1: side. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, he has a lot of potential, but, like, Think outside the box, and maybe you'll find some like hidden gems out there.
0: I'd take over Blair Walsh.
1: Blair Walsh, man, <laughs> his legacy will forever be that kick. Um, I don't know if we will get the last two, but uh, I'll I'll go with my favorite one out of the two, Christian Yelich. <clears throat> we mentioned earlier uh, appeared in the ESPN Body issue. Oh, I know where he, you're going the, with uh, it. The, you know, for those who don't know, it is a the ESPN issue. It's where a bunch of athletes get naked, and they're in athletic poses, but it's to show, like, athletics physiques and stuff like that. And it's kind of like some... It's gri- not explicit. No, it's not. It's like all the explicit parts are covered, but, you know, it's just kind of like a athletic physique issue. Kristen Yelts was in it, and an angry lady went after him on Twitter saying that she was offended or something and how can her kids be able to see that and it's a terrible role model thing and the woman's name was roxanne christian yelich responds with relax roxanne on twitter (laughs) and then the very next game changes his walk up song to the song roxanne (laughs) (laughs) in a complete troll job of what what happened on social media i thought that was hilarious uh to show a sense of humor and jab someone for getting upset over something minor, it, it was a great moment for him. I actually like him more now. Oh, absolutely. It it, yeah. Squelch the haters and, you know, just not not only simmer down the fire, but just douse it with water <laughs> and get them to go away. That That's the Christian Yelich method, and I hope more athletes do that. If they get trolled on Twitter, just be like, okay, I'll get back at you with a walk-up song or – do something during the game that mocks them. I think that's great.
0: Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you with that. It is 5 o'clock, and it's time to head into a long weekend. Can't wait for it. Sit back, watch football, do nothing. Listen to ESPN-UP. We have got baseball. We've got Mets and Phillies on this weekend. And then Monday, Labor Day, we have got the Brewers and the Astros. I think Garrett Cole is pitching that day, so it's going to be a good one. Ryan, what do you have coming out here lately?
1: Uh, well, my column this weekend is about the Andrew Luck situation, so it'll come out Sunday. Um, it's the last Sunday paper for the Mining Journal. How about that? End of, the, end of an era. So if you want a commemorative Sunday paper, pick up, <laughs> pick up the issue <laughs> because I'll be in there. I think my Darian Craighead feature will be coming out on Sunday. Um, I'm not putting together a Sunday paper, so I don't know. But uh, yeah, so my column. My, uh, my column will move to Saturday now for the weekend paper, but it's the last Sunday column, last Sunday paper, so if you want a commemorative kind of thing, pick up a Sunday copy.
0: That is it for us on the Sports Pen. Hope you have a great weekend, a long weekend. It'll be a long weekend for us as well. A reminder, we're closed Monday. We'll be back at you Tuesday, 4 Eastern, 3 Central, and it's my hope you join us. For Ryan Stieg, I'm Tanner Hoops. Thanks for listening to ESPN-UP.